Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey everybody, welcome to the Bowlology Report. Damien Fleming here, of course, Bradley Hodge. Joining me as always, um, Hodgie, plenty to get through. It's been a couple of weeks. It's been a while, How have you been it? spending it? Oh, not much. Been actively, you know, still seeking employment opportunities on LinkedIn. But your main employer's looking after you. They You're are. Doing a great job there on Channel 7. They are. It's been good. I um, thoroughly enjoy working with Channel 7 and the, and, the, and the crew which we've worked with. So that's been cool. Um, Getting your up, frequent flyer points up? Aren't I racking up some frequent flyer points? So for the <laughs> listeners, if they don't know, I do all the jobs that Ricky Ponting does not want to do. So Perth, yes, Alice Any Springs, flights over two hours? Anything over two hours, I'm in and he's out. I used to be that guy, but because <laughs> I've been doing tests, I think you... But you know next year it's probably you and me in Perth. We might as well move well, for we, four months to yeah, Perth. Yeah, well, we had a good time in Perth, so that was okay. So we, sh- we should take up some residency in Perth, maybe get on the list. Um, consultancy work for Adam Voges, who hasn't performed that well, the Perth Scorchers this year. So we could find the role, Flem, you never know. And what about, how about, you've had some disappointments throughout your career. Um, obviously, you want to play more than your, your six tests and a lot more one-day games for Australia. But is that evened up a little bit by the change of venue from your next game, Alice Springs now at the Adelaide <laughs> Oval? Does it bring back some of the disappointment? Do you know what was amazing, Flynn? What were your flights like? Well, how did you get to Alice Okay, Springs? I'll tell you how bad it was going to be. I was going to have to go straight from this game at Hobart, catch a 6 a.m. flight, to Melbourne, take the flight next to Adelaide, then go Adelaide up to Alice Springs. But the funny thing was, I messaged uh, Channel 7 on the group email and, and expressed how disappointed that I was. <laughs> and, and Jim Wilson, who I don't think was coming back with uh, a as funny retort, yeah. he was like, honestly, he goes, oh, yeah, I'm so disappointed we can't be going to Alice Springs. And I'm, like, pissing myself laughing behind the scenes because I'm like, no, you're, man. You're we, taking the mickey. Absolutely. Jimmy's good on him. Yeah, he's, he's he a heart and soul sort of guy, big Jimmy Wilson. Yeah, but you know this time of year that the travel can weigh you down, Flem, is, I mean, you've been busy more than anyone and it can, uh, especially the kids going back to school. So not having to go to Alice Springs, not that it's a bad place. No, it's we more just some cricket played there. It's just the travel. The locals need to see yeah. some cricket and high quality cricket. But yeah. hey, mate, we're going to talk about the BBL. But first, uh, things we need to know in cricket this week, the Australians are back. We're back. They're We're back. winning test matches. Well, it's good. When's the last time we lost? We've won two in a row. Well, I can't remember Shalanka the last were okay, time that happened. Hey, let's. I think Sri Lanka would not have beaten uh, Washington Park on Saturday. <laughs> um, they weren't the best, but look, Australia won, and that's the main thing. We've got to get back onto the winning ways. Sometimes you 
forget how it's done. Uh, and more importantly, Justin Langer gets his first win as a series as a Singing test coach. Singing song for the first time, him and Tim Payne. Yeah, I mean, a few people would have forgotten the words. It would have been that long. So, um, no, good to see them recite the words and get it right on Monica Robel and, and well done to the... Uh, Australian cricketers. Well, Jai Richardson and Curtis Pattinson, they're 100% success rate. They're singing the song after every test match they've ever played, so they'll take that. But, hey, mate, so we had a, a, a hundred drought, and now it's raining hundreds. Yep. So from Marnica, we had Travis Head get his first hundred. Yep. I mean, he, he was due, wasn't he? He was pressuring. He was. Raising his bat for his hundred. Curtis Pattinson. Uh, Joe Burns, it was his fourth Test 100. So yeah. people forget that he's been there before. And obviously, Usman Khawaja, you could see that meant a fair bit to him the second innings um, there. But people ask. Uh, we know it was also probably a second-rate Sri Lankan bowling lineup. Let's be honest. They all got injured um, up at Brisbane. Lakmal was a big out. I thought he bowled really well yeah. up there. Um, but even though the standard wasn't at, at the level of the Indian fast bowlings, mentally, does it still give you a big tick to actually get there for the first time? Yeah, well, the good thing for Curtis Patterson is he's ticked that box already. So, uh, yeah, not many people walk into a test match and get 100 in their first or second test matches. So, you know, he's done that. Good for Joe Burns to come back in. So you sort of feel like, you know, that pressure's relieved a little bit from those that batting group. Um doesn't go in the record books 100 years down the track and say it was probably the worst attack ever to come out to Australian shores and uh, you cashed in on a second grade district twos 11. So it's sort of funny, isn't it? In in one summer, people like Marcus Harris and, and Travis Head have, have played against arguably one of the, the greatest overseas bowling attacks to come out to Australia in the Indians mm. and then and then probably bottom of the pool. Well, it's all about timing, isn't it? If you think about uh, Aaron Finch... And coming up against Bumrah and, you know, that Indian Sharma. attack, Shami, Shansharma, uh, you know, Jadeja and, um, and Ashwin against this attack. I mean, it's just timing is, is everything. And, uh, you know, good luck to Joe Burns and Curtis Patterson. I think Travis Head really deserved the century. I think he's been played pretty well across the whole summer. And, uh, you know, to, to get it, to get one under his belt as well is really important. And he played particularly well. What about um, Usman Khawaja? You know, he probably wasn't auditioning for Dancing with the Stars with mm. his footwork yeah. for most of the summer. I thought his 72 in Perth was important. We wouldn't have won that test match without him. But it did talk afterwards that, you know, there's been family issues. They've been weighing him. You saw the celebration. He's not the biggest celebrator, but it obviously meant a lot to him. Um, you know, deep down, I, I know he's a class player. Um, you know, can this hundred, you know, kickstart him again and, and have a big Ashes series? Well, I think it's good timing that this has happened. You know, he, I mean, not many people know how hard it is to play Test match cricket. Uh, it doesn't matter who your opponent is. It's difficult, as you know, Flynn. The scrutiny that what does not happen at domestic level. Yeah, and that's exactly right because uh, you're in the public eye and people will criticise your techniques, your mannerisms, how you act on the field. And uh, there are certain things in your family life which can drag you down. I mean, a cricketer doesn't walk up to the you know the TV and go, you know what, I'm going to have a bad day today. I've had no sleep. The yeah. kid's been up spewing up all night. You just crack on and get on with your Dream job. Dream service wasn't quite what exactly. I Exactly, yeah. The chips just weren't hot enough Not and they rolled up and Merv ate all the pizza. So, yeah. look. But they're human beings uh, with, with yeah. the same... Daily frustrations uh, as a lot of people, and and uh, although you know a lot of people would love the opportunity to play for Australia, it doesn't make it any easier. 
Well, the other thing is for Usman Khawaja is he basically had a whole batting group weighing on his shoulders, you know, since the departure of Smith and Warner. So that's not easy to, to do either. So he, he bore that for pretty much four, four test matches and not so much against these uh, Sri Lankans, but, you know, wears you down. It takes a lot of mental energy as well. So I'm happy for him. I think people don't need to be concerned or worried about his form. He's first picked, you know, for the Ashes. Number three, lock it in. He's done. All right, we might go through your Ashes team a little bit later on. Um, one that didn't cash in, um, who batted really well against him, it was Marcus Harris. And it's interesting seeing him... One of the real challenges for the modern-day batsman is how you adjust to the different formats. And, and I thought Harry went back to the bash and he didn't get it right. He, he looked like he was trying to hit every ball he for was four bash, or six. He? Yeah, he... Full-on bash, whereas he's a natural stroke player. Mm. I think he should have backed himself to be able to put the bad ball away, which will happen with only two feet out. And then and then that translated into you know four innings against Sri Lanka and no runs. Well, he probably hasn't got his T20 right in the past at all. Um, he's been dropped from the Renegades a couple of times uh, for those reasons where he's got opportunities and just hasn't quite nailed it. So I still think he's trying to work that format out. The other thing is, you know, when you play test match cricket and you go, you go on such a high, you, you may feel that those innings weren't so much important, but um, they are because mm. every, every game you play cricket, you, 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 you're going to be criticised by whoever. So some advice that I got from Michael Sholley back when I played cricket was that the game you play in is the most important. doesn't matter where it is. You know, runs are runs, performances are there and need to be set to a standard. I just don't think Marcus came back. I think that he thought that his test career was set in stone for the period of time. Uh, look, I haven't spoken to him, so I'm not, I'm not going to say that it's right, but uh, I think that he may have thought that his position is right. But as we know, it can slip away pretty quickly. It can, particularly when the other guys are getting hundreds. But for me, Marcus Harris, the positive is his best looks test mm. match level. But you know, what would you like to see from him? Um, well, going backwards, the thing you, the thing I want to identify is what you said. He's actually for for a person who looks a natural T Twenty player mm. um, that he's an aggressive Warner type. You know, his his record does not back that up. So. Um, it's different from a player that's proven at test level and T20 and he just got it wrong a little bit. Yeah. There's just that question that he hasn't found the map or the blueprint to T20 batting. So this is where it gets tough is he, I reckon he worked out test level a little bit um, and first-class cricket, obviously, to a great mm. degree, but he's come back and he's still trying to find, am I a basher? Um, you know, do I accumulate like Sean Marsh and then accelerate later on? I reckon that's not a bad plan. And I, I just think he, he got him, him himself out of form going into a test series. It did. It Hitting a lot of balls, in, trying to hit every ball in the BBL. Yeah. And you've got to leave more balls in the test match. I mean, I wonder if you talked to Usman Khawaja about that because a couple of years ago, Usman Khawaja came back, got two centuries Oof. for the Sydney Thunder and won the title for yep. them. So. You know, the recipe, can it can be done. You can easily transition from one. It's just a matter of getting your head right, getting some clarity around the role, which the coach wants you to play. But um, I would have thought that being an opening batsman for your country, you need to come back and show a level of quality which is well above everyone else. And he unfortunately just failed to do that. And that opens up questions then when he goes and has a poor tournament against the Sri Lankans. So... He needs to bounce back. Uh, Runs in Sheffield Shield just to lock in that. that needs to happen. Ashes yeah. tour. Well, that's the thing. I mean, uh, I, th- I still think he'll get on that tour as maybe yeah. a backup. But you know, if David Warner comes back in, which you know all the press is saying that's going to happen, 
Joe Burns has done the right thing. So you'd think that Warner and Burns are going to walk out and face that first ball from James Anderson. Uh, what about with the bowling? MVP for the year, Pat Cummins. Are you happy with that? Oh, if you're a fast bowler, Flem, there's, there's nothing that you don't like about Paddy Cummins. I mean, you, know, you might as well talk about him. You just must love running, seeing him run in, pound that ball into the wicket, get it moving, good bumper. Hostile, uh, and hostile. Just, you know, that, that spell at the MCG, you know, against the Indians was just uh, frightening and tough and gritty and everything that we expect of our Australian fastballers. Well, what he's got, it, it's not quite Dennis Silly. He's got charisma. Mm. He's got charisma. And, it's, uh, you know, we really love Mitchell Stark and Josh Hazelwood. And we're going to talk about Jai Richards and these guys are coming through. But Paddy's just got that marketability Kids want to want to play cricket like him, mm. not unlike Elise Perry. For, He's a good-looking rooster as well. Yeah, smiles you know? a lot, but I yeah. bet you when you're facing him, you're not thinking that he's a nice guy. Not at all. Not anyone that bowls over 140, you know that they he's can knock bouncy. your head off. Yeah, it's scary. You don't want to face that any day of the week. Starkey, 10 foot, so that's really good for his confidence. Yep. Um, his pace, exceptional, but I don't think that's been a problem throughout the summer. Um, he's not going – we'll talk about the one-day – uh, scenario coming up, so he's not going there. He's got a bit of an upper body um, injury, you know. Still, I, I want him to get that. Obviously, he's got the World Cup, but you know, he, I want him to be working with that Duke ball as well because mm. it's still. I didn't still didn't see a lot of that in swinger back into right handers. That that's what puts him into a different stratosphere as a bowler. Yeah, well, you wouldn't think that he's going to take wickets if he's not moving the ball back in. I mean, uh, you have to be really sharp. Bit like Mitchell Johnson, that can create that X factor with a short pitch. Or... Have you faced both of them? What's, what's I have. the difference? Like before, you know, for me, it was it was for me. Just I don't know about their pace different, but Mitchell Johnson, just that bounce off a length mm. seemed you know different. Whereas it's not a slide on Mitchell Stark, who might be consistently um, as quick as him, but he doesn't get the bounce that Johnson got. I sort of felt as a right-hander that Mitchell Stark was more dangerous around the wicket. Um, coming at you. Yeah, coming at me, whereas Mitchell was uh, the other way where you were more looking for Mitchell Johnson's short ball, whereas Starkey you're looking for it pitched up at the yeah. stumps. And then that's where Jono would catch you off guard. But you always knew as a batsman that if it wasn't swinging back, you shouldn't be out LB or bold. So the only modus dismissal that you should get out is caught. Yep. So if you can work out how that's not going to happen, then you should win the contest. Yeah. Uh, it's only that extra pace and bounce that Johnson's got it and also, you know, Stark's got it. It's just a, it's a different attitude. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, I, I can't describe it any more clearly that when you see Mitchell Johnson in his run-up and you see those arms and the slightly hunched back, it just screams aggressive <laughs> and you're thinking, my God, this is going to hurt you know, if I get it wrong. Starkey's more a loper. He isn't is. He's long striding yeah. and um, certainly formidable, though. Yeah. So both are really interesting that, you know, both were probably criticised that when they weren't moving the ball back in, they were less dangerous. So I think it's critical that Mitchell does get that, that seam position right. As you know, Fleming, if the ball's not swinging, you're a swing bowler. It's not going to be a good day. No, game over. And and also, both those players didn't have accuracy to fall back on. Mm. You know, McGrath, not a big swinger, but bouncy, pacey enough, but his accuracy was, was amazing. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know if it's happened, but Mitchell Johnson, you'd be hoping that he could work with Mitchell Stark, wouldn't you? Like, he was the one that every now and again 
would fall out of love with his in-swinger. Yeah. Uh, I think Stark's been a more consistent swing bowler than Mitchell Johnson, but I think you're talking about the natural lengths too. Stark's always trying to hit the stumps and, and Johnson's short. But um, And what about um, Joe Richardson? So that's impressive. He didn't get a bag of wickets at Marnica, but he still he showed exactly. He, he's pacey enough, isn't he? Yeah, he's quick. very quick. He, he's quick. There's but no he swings the ball both ways. Yeah, oh, look, it was a great inclusion uh, and, you know, well done to actually get an opportunity ahead of Peter Siddle, uh, even though Peter himself would be disappointed. I think as a cricket lover, it was good to see a young kid come in and put the baggy green cap on and, and work hard and get some results as well. You know, this is this is an I, I've sort of talked to you, Flem, about, you know, the resting period for the quick bowlers. I'm not a fan of it at all because... We never actually get to see the likes of this Jai Richardson that get picked on merit, come in, you know, play a wonderful game, and then put pressure to lift the bar from yep. these other guys. So there's nothing like pressure for spots. Oh, absolutely. You, know, you don't want you know too much anxiety and insecurity around mm. around all the time. But there is a time that you know if you're going to be number one in the world, there's always going to be at least a few players unlucky to get a game. Yeah, absolutely. So when you're in the team, you know, well, I need to be at my best here. No doubt. Uh, that that seems to be the opposite for us at the moment with bat and ball. But, uh, yeah, selection's been an interesting one throughout this year. Uh, can't say that they've got it right at all most times, but Jai Richardson was a good call. And uh, I'm glad he did well because he's pretty exciting. He is exciting. Uh, what about for Sri Lanka, the captain, Chandamol? They asked, what were the positives of the tour? And he goes, we caught well in the slips. <laughs> that's it. I think so yeah, they, so you, yeah. you're gone when that's your only no, positive. No, that's you gone. It? The only positive for him is that the flight landed on time and it's going to take off on time. That's probably about it. There's an, I couldn't see any positive at all for their group. Uh Tough work for them. They've had a, a horrid sort of year and a half in... And losing really good players. Career. I mean, it was a couple of years ago when we talked about the legends, Sangakar and Joe Wood. And I know Angelo Matthews for this. Mm. Um, it's actually when they had those three seamers going, um, or Kamara and Lackmore up at Brisbane, yeah. if they bowled at the right times, you know, that they actually looked like they'd trouble the Aussies. But it's interesting. Like We could play them over in Sri Lanka tomorrow and yeah, probably, probably lose 3-0. Yeah, no doubt. And that's the way it works. And that's that's... Look, the you West want Indies resilient is, teams away from home, don't you? You want to build resilient teams. It's a really good example of how hard it is to win away from home. Uh, that's why we go to the Ashes. It's going to be difficult when when touring sides come here. It's difficult. I mean, India only really just snuck home. Uh, you know, as well as they played, they didn't smack us. They got us in the end through Pujara, but it took one man's oh yeah unbelievable superhuman efforts to get it get the job done. And hopefully we'll unearth, yeah, out of all those guys that have debuted, I reckon it's Curtis Patterson who seems suited to those long test innings and, and, and wearing batsmen, uh, bowlers down. And there's, there's times he looks a lot like Alistair Cook, the, the former English captain. Oh, well, maybe you can open the batting. He'll look exactly like him. Well, but I like it. I mean, the good thing for him is that he hadn't had a great record in converting. He's uh, starts to centuries in Sheffield Shield cricket. So now he's come in. He's got two hundreds in the warm up match. Got a hundred. You know, well done in Test match cricket. That's what we want. That's what we're craving for. You're talking about selections. One one that was, um, you know, didn't was a bit bizarre. Really, was Will Pakovsky was added to the squad, mm. uh, and then he obviously had to leave early um, with some anxiety issues. It's just, I'll be interested. We're not going to know exactly what happened there, but. Um, you know, 
the thing is with his history, the, the more security he can get around the group, the better. And, you know, you just wonder whether um, thinking he was a chance to play or not really late is something that would have set him off. I mean, if he'd been told, listen, you're not going to play, but we think you're a really good player mm. and you're just going to have two test matches around the group and, and get you seeing what happens at this level, you can handle that. But, um, you know, it's so sad to see that, you know, like it got to a point that he, he, he had to get himself home and right. And hopefully he's right for um, Shield Cricket straight away and keep pushing his claims. But firstly, his well-being has got to be premium. Got to be premium. So, you know, I'm not sure how it's got to that stage, actually. I think there just must have been a huge miscommunication. But the word on the streets that he's back training, he's back Good. You know, ready for, to play cricket. So that's a positive. Um, you know, we'll never know the insides you know, for medical reasons about how deep it goes. But for Will's sake, uh, you know, I would have liked to see him get a game. Especially, must be hard to take for a youngster. I know that I've had my tough times through selection, but when you think you're going to play a test yeah. and then someone jumps you from nowhere, oh, I can't fathom that. I can't get that out. Oh, that but as test- long as it's done early, like if Pat- Patterson was at it days before mm. the test started and if you, if it already had that conversation. The earlier Maybe. you know, like I, it changed a little bit in my, say, last two or three years in the Aussie team. Steve Waugh was big on this because I think he'd copped a bit of it himself. You yeah. generally knew a day before the game whether you're playing or not and that, that just changed your preparation. Well, they couldn't have known because Sam Harper, he went up there and also his family went up there. Flew up there, yeah, so it was a late there, call. Yeah, so it must have been a late call. So yeah. for me, that's just uh, poor management, no doubt. Um, okay, Greg Chappell resigned. Yep. So they need a new selector. Um, he's actually the national talent manager. So there's actually, right. that's the role, and I think as part of that, you're a selector. Yeah. Um, Does that role come up on LinkedIn? Well, I'm saying Bradley Hodge, I'm sure LinkedIn will be there. Could you be a national talent manager and do a bit of selecting on the side? Well, anyone can. It's not hard. You just pick whoever. We've seen that in the last year. So it's not a difficult job. Apparently you play golf from time to time. Talk some junk well, about it. That you out because yeah, you I'm have out. retired. What what happened with the retirement from golf? Well, um, did the game just beat you? Yeah, I just, uh, just kept getting a lower back injury, and uh, you know, I just wasn't that good. So did you up. get screened like Josh Hazelwood, and there was a hot spot <laughs> happening in your back, and you just made a call? I got screened, and there was a apparently in the medical report it showed up that you got a wife and two kids and you yes. can't donate five and a half hours to your golf game and then you can't go and drink six litres of and piss you're after you got. You're and you're chipping hurt you. You're chipping hurt you. I sort of thought that maybe you know, I can maybe play nine holes and then drink six litres of piss after it, but no. it, I couldn't quite get that through the, the medical But maybe you can do that national talent match. So I'll be interested to see, you know, Pat Howard's roles up, Greg Who's Chapman? taking this role? This is know. the longest role I ever. I mean, like... I'm there on LinkedIn. Where's the where's the call? Just put it out there and in interview. Well, the thing is, I reckon there's a sharing of services there, and um, yeah, maybe they need to the national talent role. manager is um, you know more dealing with um, you know the teams themselves, and and the high performance manager is more yep. strategic and getting pathways right and and getting the academy right. I got I come across something really interesting uh, a couple of weeks ago, Flem, and it was about Kevin Peterson. So we talk about pathways and, you know, your son's involved in some pathways and your daughter as well in various sports. And Kevin Peterson was saying that he was an extremely late developer in the game of cricket. So he actually never got 
to pathways path participate in any rep cricket. So what happens as a young cricketer if you can't get into those sides and do we have the right people in there to then find these pots of gold like KP if you don't get in those pathways? Well, it's interesting. I, I heard there was a theory. I'd like it. Hopefully it gets denied that um, there was a belief that, no, once they're identified at 12, 13, you just stay in the pathway right. and we'll just keep What if you're no keep, good? Well, the thing is watching a lot of rep cricket, and we experienced it coming through, but now as a parent – um, a lot of kids peak at 13, yeah. um, and there's a lot of kids that improve dramatically at 17. Mm. And I, we need systems that can make calls on on either, either of that, particularly from high performance. Yeah. And, and even, you know, like the, the under-18, um, you know, rep competition in Victoria, it's, it's T20 cricket. And I still think by under-18s, you're actually looking at talent ID and – what happens if you're a really good top-order batsman, a little bit slight so you don't have the power? Yeah. You're not going to be playing rep cricket because it's T20 cricket. So yeah. I think there could be a bit of both. Like if that feeds into representing a renegade stars under-18s, like kids love getting T-shirts. Oh, they, love they love getting that Absolutely. and parents do too. But you've also equally got to be looking after the kids that might be good T20 players when they've actually mm. peaked uh, physically – but in the meantime, they're, they're, they're fine cricketers. So for KP, he was picked as an off-spinner in first-class cricket and then be one of the greatest batsmen of all time. Amazing. I think we chatted, you know, Michael Bevan in the first under-19s, he was a fast bowler. <laughs> and it was only a stressy, he was an angry fast bowler, a stressy that he focused on his batting and, you know, one of the greatest one batsmen at yeah. all. Um, so, yeah, yeah. how does that happen? How do they develop? Don't know. I, I just like the whoever's going to fill this role and they need to get this right. Well, that's the national talent manager's call, I think. Yeah, I, I'd like to see someone with some young attitude into that role yep. so they can understand the younger generation a bit better than, uh, you know, someone like GC. I'm not criticising GC, but, you know, he's up around, what, 65 now. Yeah, but I reckon that could be more a, an ex-player who's had business um, experience or, or even coaching. Probably it's more crickety. Mm. Yeah. And I see the, the high-performance managers, not necessarily an ex-player, but that would be a bonus. But, you know, that's a big administration role. Well, most of those uh, talent managers are cricket players. There's uh, Fitzgerald from, at, at uh, Fitzy, WA. Yeah. There's Fritzy Friedman at uh, New South Wales. Just sneak up with you. Yep. So there, are, there is – those roles are taken by cricket minds, which is good. Uh, I'd just like to see a little bit of fresh blood in there. We've seen a couple of changes – Happening cricket Victoria, yep. at the, I mean cricket Australia at the moment. I'd like to continue on with uh, a little bit of freshness to help JL with his role. Definitely. Well, talking about freshness, our great mate David Saker has mm. finished up as fast bowling coach. Uh, firstly, as a teammate, he was a beauty, wasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. You know, he was really a heartbeat of the soul of yeah. Victoria, and I'd assume Tasmania. He was a guy. He actually was part of the squad when he was young. He's rough mm. and ready. Uh, more, more a hit the deck sort of fast bowler. Yep. Went missing for three or four years and come back, and he taught himself to to swing the ball up grade. And I'm not sure I did, I was away, uh, but his debut game for Victoria was at the Adelaide Oval. Did you play that? I that did, one? I did. Yes. Didn't he back himself? He did back himself. He went over to the TAB and punted for the. No, but he, no, explain. Okay. Like years ago, there used to be someone there with a blackboard, wasn't yes, it? With odds for highest was. run score. It was allowed back in the mid nineties. Correct. So it wasn't actually a, it wasn't actually a TAB a ta- or whatever no. like that. There was a like a punter that 
was probably the equivalent of your lad brokes now, was taking uh, bets on who was going to be the most successful player. And Sakes thought, well, I'm a chance here. I'll back myself in. <laughs> so he took the odds of six to one, put some money in himself, and I think he got three for 30 or he something. Got, he got, won, got yeah. the money. So <laughs> well done. Now, I'm all for that. I know we're not allowed to promote gambling or something, but... If you're backing yourself... But years ago, I've never been a gambler. And that, you went to the Adelaide Oval, and that was part and parcel. There was the guy at his blackboard there who's writing all the odds, and, and you could back yeah. yourself. And, and, I mean, to a degree, and I don't, I'm not a big gambling person. We got to um, but, quality you know, if as people well. are backing themselves, you know, there's, yeah. you know what, what can really go wrong Well, with it wasn't it? like you got Shane, George, uh, Wigney and uh, Harrity out. It was the top order. It was quality. So, um, yeah, well done, Sakes. We, look... Yeah, well done. Uh, it's a shame to see him part ways with uh, with Australia. Uh, in my opinion, probably should have happened once Lehman left. If this yep. was going to happen now, I thought they should have cleaned house right there. And I know as a coach, Justin probably should have got one or two of his men in there. At that Straight time. away? It was a volatile time for Australian yep. cricket and a new coach certainly needed his help. Yeah, and it looks like, you know, maybe, you know, Justin was giving them an opportunity. He wanted to have a look um, at his at his support staff that was already there. Yeah. but um, So he's going to get new ones. I mean, fast bowling coaches, you know, who can replace Sakes? You know, straight away, Ryan Harris is doing a lot of work at the academy. Yeah. Um, what about around the States? Like there's Mickey Lewis, Victoria. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know a lot of the um, fast bowling coaches. Well, I mean, the only the thing I can think of is that his friend, uh, you know, Griff, who coaches Hobart well, that's and right. Hobart Heading Hurricanes. Maybe- the head coaches, there's there's – Griffo, who he's worked yep. a lot. There's Andrew McDonald uh, for Victoria, yep. who obviously was a very clever medium pacer. But for actually fast bowling specialists, I can't really think of many. Well, not that have had coaching experience, you know, so you can go and look around. I think we've made errors before where we've gone employed people. Pat Howard made that error with, I think, uh, Brad Haddon came straight into the role. Yep. Um, we've seen people with no experience at all jump straight into the high performance sector in Australia. You can't do that. You need some experience. So for me, Andrew McDonald and Griff are certainly those two that picked that. You know, Mickey they, Lewis as well has been around for a long time. And I suppose for Griffo and Andrew McDonald, and they might be settled in their jobs, but they actually um, bulk up the coaching. Mm. You know, they're not just fast bowling coaches, are they? So, Well, I think the role that David Saker actually had was assistant, assistant coach. coach. So I would have thought he was more of a bowling coach and took that role on, but... Whether that's just they love, up a they bit don't of want cash. to be just done as no, you don't. Do no, now you're a high performance leader or some horseshit. So, mate, job just description. Just, we know it sometimes gets down to money, but like we, we've got a World Cup to win in Ashes. Why can't Glenn McGrath do that job? Well, I've got a question. Why Troy Cooley gets these five games to take a group of individuals, which he's not going to take to a World Cup? I would have thought that if you, if, about, if David Saker gets the sack or resigns. Whoever it's going to take that role needs to take these guys straight away. So if it's Glenn McGrath, pay him a fortune. So mate, come in. You got we got we got eight games to get this right. But is it it also with Troy? I think we know what we're getting. But Troy's a very experienced fast bowling coach. As far as I know, Glenn McGrath has only done one-offs. You could have actually Mm. five games, or there's three T20s as well, to actually see what what Glenn's going to going to provide and whether he's got the time to do it. 
Yeah, why well, not? Because it's he's won what three or four World Cups. Yeah, he's he's a bowler that wasn't necessarily going to do well in England. Was it tall and bouncy? Nah. But now he bowled fuller. Mm. Didn't swing at heaps. No, nah. so he had success. And our problem this summer is bowling a fraction short. Yeah, and fast bowling coach as opposed to you know assistant coach, he doesn't need to blow their minds and all that. But what happens if he just adds one little gold nugget nugget for Josh Hazelwood, a couple of gold nuggets for Mitchell Stark, that, that that's worth absolute gold down if he can get them back at their peak. Well, they've been off the pace last year in the Ashes, weren't they? They were miles off the pace, actually, uh, our quicks, uh, you know, now that... Uh, in England. In they England. were great last summer. Yeah, in England they were. So we've got some work to do there. So maybe that's the experience of Troy Cooley, who had a successful... You know, 2005 with Flintoff, Harmerson, uh, Hoggart and, and Jones. Maybe that's why. But what does the team need? It. This is, and it's not just bowling, Hodgie is, you know, I think Troy Cooley might be as good a technical coach as there yeah. is in Australia or the world. So that, that's fine. But, you know, when they get to this elite stage, how much technical work do they need besides, um, tactical? You yeah. know, mental, which McGrath was amazing at, or you can chuck Jason Gillespie in there mm. as well. Um, you know, how much would you add going into a tournament? You know, the technical techni- – you want a coach who can do everything. Yeah. But but how much would you put on the adjustment, World Cup, it's a big stage? You know, Well, I and- hope that asked the right question. The, the right question would have been straight to Justin Langer. Who do you want? Who do you want and what do you need? There you go. That's it. There you go. I like it. Hey, um, some good news for Australian cricket. England are getting absolutely pumped. <laughs> They're getting pumped. No, absolutely pumped by the West Indies. It was supposed yep. to be run of the mill. Um, I hope the West Indies can be, be can be competitive, and yep. now it's going the other ways. England, can you please um, <laughs> get to a four? Will the real Slim Shady please stand up? Yeah. Well, the West Indies were probably the second buy in the competition behind Sri Lanka. <laughs> I like what you come up with. Certainly not anymore. Um, you know, the buy is now Sri Lanka and uh, the West Indies. Look to be on the right track. I think that Stewie Law was there for a, you know, a period of time and now has left to go and coach Middlesex. But looks like he's carried on that culture and, and, and Holder seems to be doing a great job. Kemar Roach seems to have found his mojo again. <laughs> but his career record, Kemar Roach, is, is outstanding when you put it up against maybe not the greatest West Indian quicks. Yep. You go down one, he's averaging like four wickets a test match at, at under 30. Yeah. So and Shannon Gabriel as well, who's got a good work ethic, works hard. So, no, well done. And we and you know we love to see the palms go down after from time to time. And the good thing is, well, the concern. Do you think the the batting is a concern? Like it worked in Sri Lanka. I didn't mind what they did. You know, a few white ball specialists who sweep a lot. Yeah, which you, you need to do in subcontinent conditions. But I think you know you played over in the West Indies. They're not the best decks. So I, I think that most technically. Proficient batsmen will score runs there because there's yeah. there's up and down bounce. Well, it's a little, little bit like batting on the MCG or the old MCG wicket where it just used to keep a fraction low and it challenged your technique, spun a little bit. So those generally with good techniques to play straight will survive. Uh, for me, though, the biggest challenge for England is not the quality. It's the replacement of Alastair Cook. Um, even though the captain Cook didn't do or the chef didn't nail... A lot of his performances late in his career, he still would have averaged forty, you know, in the test matches. But it's just that stability, that mindset. How many different opening pairs uh, that they had since Cook? Well, well, Cookie, I think in his last yeah. three or four years, once 
I never really found one after Strauss. No, well, look at us. You know, we've brought in a couple of openers and, uh, you know, we haven't had that success against India and we've been under the pump. So you know, we haven't found our right success yet and neither of England. So great opportunity for our fast bowling cartel to get that right yes, early and put some pressure on their batting lineup early. And just to Alzari Joseph as well, well done. Mm. You know, he's a booming young fast he's bowler. Fast. He had his, you know, mum pass away during yeah. the test match and, and, and got wickets there. But, um, you know, that's another, all of a sudden, geez, Gabriel, Joseph, um, and probably the most improved cricketer in the world, um, Jason Holder, the captain, because I was watching his stats. He was getting into that ugly period mm. where he might play more tests <laughs> than wickets he's taken. <laughs> And then in the last 18 months, he's just gone boom. You know, a double hundred in the first test match, wickets yeah. co- constantly. Uh, he seems a mature young man that, that got burdened early, mm. but, you know, looks a very unflappable captain that can lead by example. We've seen it backfire, haven't we, a couple of times if you do promote a, a captain when they're not quite ready for it and it can, it can just put their career back a fraction and it probably did. He probably didn't know the, the extent of what he was taking on when he first got the reins. But I love his leadership. He's done well in CPL. He leads the team well uh, over there uh, for Barbados, but clearly leads these guys well. And and it's very hard as a leader to try and get all this team gelling together because they're from all islands. Different islands. And as you know, they, they've known they do what they want. You know, they're yeah. an interesting breed, the West Indies cricketers. That they're, they're all about being flashy and money and T20, but this has been a but huge But is there turnaround. a new generation coming through as well that, yes, they play the CPL, but they want to be fine test cricketers because, you know, looking at Holder now, he's averaging 34 with the bat and, and 28 with the ball, and he's only 27 years of age. Mm. But, you know, you've got Shai Hope, who looks yep. a really good player. Bravo's back. Right, it's good you know, to and see. And he's a... Yeah. Jeez, he's a good player. Well, he's been fighting with the board for you know, a couple plate. of years now. So, you know, it's just a, you've got to you've you've got to put the past to bed. And it's really good to see these West Indies come out. I'd love to I'm looking forward to them coming out here to Australia and having a red hot crack and seeing what we didn't see last time. last time because that was pretty average. They were here for a holiday. Um, they were certainly just out here for fun. But yeah. isn't it great like another night, you know, Sri Lanka are dropping, but hopefully, you know, They've lost a lot of good players. Get back on the on the yep. rise, but as they're dipping, the West Indies are back. Well, why don't they talk exciting. about Australia like that? Well, they could, yeah, could, well, or India could. I mean, what have we been? We're ranked what seven in the world now. I don't even know. So we're not far away from being the buy. If you're speaking about, if the West Indies are talking about us, um, they've just beaten England. Um, you know, in the top three, you know, test playing nations in the world. But so, it just gives incentive to us. Yeah, I'm excited that England that you know. Is Burns and Denley going to get you enough runs opening up? We don't know. Bearstow doesn't work at number three. He no. gets bowled too much. I mean, I just think they've got a lot of number sixes. Yeah, you know, Root, you know, obviously he's a superstar. But even Butler at five, he'd probably prefer to bat six. Mm-hmm. Stokes is six. Ali's there, you know, and gets a flashy 50 every now and again. Yeah. Folks is the keeper. Maybe they're going to have to give the gloves back to, to Bearstow, even though Folks has had a really good start to his career. Sam Curran, half batting all no, round. It's bits and enough. pieces. Not yeah. enough. Although he'll bowl better in England. Anderson and Broad will you be better. You can't be bits and pieces player though at the at the top level. Yeah. You need to be if you're an all rounder, you I'm need to be what wouldn't that wood play? No, he's, he might he must be injured. I mean he's I a competitive he's over there. competitive beast. Uh 
maybe they don't think that he can back up, but um, he's good. But what they need to do is sort out that top three. I mean, any any good test-playing nation has always had a top three. You go back to all the great openers, Strauss, Trescott, Cook, you know. Well, there's just... calls for Root to go to three, I think, for Mike Atherton and co. Yeah, well, it's a fair call, actually. Um, you know, I think that if, you, if you're going to be three for 20 anyway, you might as well get your best player in at number three and, and, and try and stem the flow. You can always find a middle-order player. What you can't find is a gun number well, three. Well, I think that's what they're finding, isn't yeah. it? That they've probably got three or four number sixes, sevens yeah. in their team. Um, what about Holder? Is suspended for slow over rates into the, the next test match. Generally, from ex-players, they're, they're going, why has this happened? The test match finished early, yeah. um, so we got the result. Um, there's got to be a minimum amount of overs you've got to do, but you know, certainly... It puts a little asterisk against the next test match, isn't it, when Holder's not playing? Yeah, well, it's a real shame. Um, and and you've got to look at – you've really got to take that into consideration as a product. When you are um, the match referee, I think you've got to be really lenient on a side which has won, you know, convincingly with a lot of period of time left in the game. But the laws are the laws. And he has to follow the laws. You're big on the laws, aren't yep. you? You always have been. Yeah, well, otherwise, you know, I'm – it's the Warriors. The penalty's been lashed out. Yep. The penalty's there. And I get frustrated watching Test Match Cricket because we can't, or teams can't bowl 90 overs in six hours. Then we talked about your workload, Flem. You might as well pencil yourself in for Channel 7 to six, six and a half six and hours. You're not getting the job done by 6.30, and yet we bowl Nathan Lyon 30 overs a day. I think there needs to be stricter, harsher penalties. I'm not saying your captain should lose his stature in the match. And I'll tell you why, because I've been involved as captain of Big Bash games and there are certain things as captain out of your control. You can't kick your sheep around the park if they don't want to be kicked around. All you can do is lead them to water, whether they want to drink it or not, it's a different thing. But yeah, the captain gets Did penalized. you ever like go through periods? I know we did it a bit in Shield Creek because we had to get 96 overs in. Yeah. You know, just the next half an hour, let's run between the things and let, let's get that you know, through these overs and get back on track. We did do that. There's no doubt. But, I mean, that's 96 overs and we never got penalised. You get through it. Somehow you just make a difference. So if we just said next week, oh, we have to bowl 100 overs in Test Match cricket before 6.30, they'd probably actually do it. They'd find a way to do it. I just think we just become completely laborious about this. We need to think of the public. We don't want to see 12 overs bowled in a session, in an hour, 24 That's overs. five minutes uh, We want over. 30. We want 32. Um, every time the last session is two and a half hours, and it's hard for the fielding team, whoever it, whoever it is. So I think it's something – I disagree that holders should be penalised, but the law is a state. They're there for a reason, to make this good – Make this game. Oh, hopefully, game. well, if anything, it gets them through the overs and it, another captain doesn't mm. get suspended. DJ, bravo, DJ, bravo. What about the big bash, mate? We're building towards the finals. Um, you know, it looks like at this stage it'll be Hurricanes, Sixers, and, and a couple of Melbourne teams. Yep. Um, what what have you you, you made of it? Um, you know, we're doing the Hurricanes game tonight. What what have you really liked about them? I've just been impressed with their stability more so, more than anything. You know, the difference between having success and, and not is that they've played minimal players and yet you go against Perth Scorchers and see they've played 22 players. Yeah. So trying to search for the right result, um, that signifies that all their players are in good form. 
and uh, Darcy Short and, and Matty Wade in particular have been outstanding. Uh, they've got a good middle order, McDermott, well, Bailey's um, Bailey. Well, Bailey's big innings. Yeah, I think Malenko's Malenko, an underrated hitter. James Faulkner's come into some form yeah. lately, even though he's uh, he's out injured for this game. So the, the roles seem pretty clear. You know, Creeping Clive Rose, uh, Joffre Archer. And they've managed, they just hit a little bit of a hurdle after Johan Bota retired or, yeah. or, or you know, that's that's four overs of quality which they're missing. So they're a little bit vulnerable there, but Case Ahmed's come in, which fills that hole. But I just think the one thing that stands out is the quality of product here down in Hobart, where the pitches... But the pitch is good. Absolutely. So the yeah. product started well. So the criticism about uh, the BBL from a lot of people when the f- season first started was where we played the games yep. and the quality of wickets. So they I don't, most of the good games have been down in Hobart, yep. and you know you don't want to make excuses for teams that just don't bat well, no, don't get it right. At all. But the thing is, you can always trust the wicket here, can't you? You can always chase the good wicket. It doesn't change too much. No. Generally, there's one small boundary that yep. has to be protected, so that's exciting, isn't it? Very exciting to see yeah. how the bowlers try and make them hit away from there, yep. and uh, batsmen, you know, innovating to hit to that area. Mm. But one one thing I have enjoyed of BBL. 08 is it has been an old man's game, surprising enough, the BBL. But this year we've unearthed it's not quite a teenage rampage, mm. but there's been teenagers playing for a start, which is good. Yeah. Some of them doing well, and, and even just younger players, you know, like you think of Sam Harper and Riley Meredith, and um, you know, the teenage Sanger and Edwards haven't ripped it up, but you know, yeah, well, they're, they're, few, they're playing. They? Yeah, we've, we've, Max Bryant. Max Bryant's been unbelievable. Uh, Harvey Harper for the Renegades. Um, you know, Sanger and Sams for the Thunder have contributed to some success. Josh Felipe for the Sixers, as Oof, you mentioned, has been a power unbelievably hitter. good. Matt Kelly, uh, you know, has probably outshone the likes of Ty Berendorf and uh, Cook. Might have the best Yorker in the BBL. Yeah, so, Kelly. I mean, that's really good. Your man, Renshaw. I mean, hasn't he been fantastic? I think in the last he should win the MVP. He's a superstar. Well, what about with the ball? Yeah, he's, he's probably, unhittable. He's probably going to get one vote, and that's yours. Yeah, but he just um, he gets so many dot balls. But I think that um, innings against the strikers might have awoken the giant. Well, Rashid Khan still falls under the age of a youngster, doesn't he? I guess he's nineteen. He's been fairly yeah. impressive. Yep. Sorry. He's had a hard life. I just had to cut you off over Renshaw. I can't keep you I just talking lo- up I think he's, said, he's, he's the find of the tour. Hey, um, we're saying goodbye to a few. Uh, Maxie Klinger and Bazin McCullum. Yes. We, we made it, you know, he made his first class debut with us, Maxie Klinger, and um, 20 years on, mm. you know, it, that might not, he's not retiring, but the chances are that he's going to play in Gloucester in yep. the England T20, and, and that will probably be it. But, geez. Besides not playing a lot for Australia, um, he can't have done any more to try and play for Australia. He was a fine servant for, for three states and a, and a couple of franchises. Yep, absolutely. And he's won a couple of titles for uh, you know for Gloucestershire as well, playing in one-day cricket as well. So he's been fantastic. We were over there in Perth for his last game for the Perth Scorchers, and it was a it was a wonderful time. His family were there to you know wish him. Good faith. Took back the title. Most runs he in the did, BBL. He did. He did, actually. Um, then he went past, he made a duck, and he passed it again. <laughs> it was just ironic, wasn't it? And, it was. And got out straight afterwards. But yeah, he walked well, off raising his bat number one. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Apart from, uh, you know, Lynn and also Moses Enriques, who have got a lot of, you know, ability and experience in this competition, uh, that, you know, we haven't seen much from Klinger and 
Uh, Baz McCullum's been really hit and miss. So as you said, those experienced players, Tom Cooper, Cameron White, been hit and misses. Bailey's been great in patches. But it's more so the reliable guys you know, we really haven't seen a lot for. So all these youngsters that have come in and those guys we bid farewell, they've had a wonderful impact well, Baz in our is, tournament. You know, it's been amazing, isn't it? Oh, incredible. Like his impact up at the Brisbane Heat. Incredible. Um, he, you know, he's such a um, proactive, aggressive type mm. of player and, and coach. He's, no doubt he's had a big impact on Chris Lynn's batting and, and his coaching. Yeah. Um, you know, still throwing his... Wait around in the field, happy to get marked yeah. up. So That's what I'd love to see. He was a win, yeah. I reckon. Big win for the Brisbane Heat, even though they didn't win anything. Um, and what about the overseas? You've been happy with the, the overseas talent? Uh, Melbourne Stars are getting back Sandeep. Yeah. He, he, he'll be a, well, that's a big important. in. Yeah, Rashid uh, Khan just continues to set a standard. Joffre Archer, these We were types. talking about um, Usman Khawaja just before about how, you know, outside – Factors can impact your performance. You know, not many people understand or, have, or take it into consideration that Rashid Khan's father only passed away, you know, on the turn of the new year. Yeah. And then he's, and his performance has backed off. So that's how hard it's been. And, and fair credit to Rashid Khan. What a performer he's been. Unbelievable. Oh, I th- actually we all think, love him. yeah, absolutely. And I actually think the, um, you know, the overseas performers, even though we've lacked a couple of the heavy names, have, uh, performed so well. Uh, Shinwari, when he was here for the Renegades, was impactful. And Gurney's had some good death overs. Gurney's been got good. Narby nah, just. Jofra Archer seems to have found his mojo back. We'll see Case Ahmed's got some serious talent for the Hobart Hurricanes. Um, you know, even uh, you know, Vince has come in and had an impact. Yeah. The Sixers, Tom Curran, especially, I think, has probably been the pick of the overseas players. Um, With uh, Bat Amble. Yeah, no, just, he's been. And, and just so much. Energy, you know. Sometimes you mm. get the feeling, oh, maybe the overseas is just getting his paycheck. Yeah, Curran's been unbelievably no, he's been, he's passionate, been hasn't he? Yeah, absolutely superb. And uh, yeah, we've seen patches of brilliance from him when uh, the Sixers didn't look like winning. I think just for to have that reliability for Moses on Rex to, to chuck the ball, he's bowled generally the the fifth or sixth over in the power play, so he's under the pump. Come and did the job at the back end and gone for sixes or sevens. That's a quality result. So, mate, we'll do one next week and we'll be um, previewing the semis and the finals for yeah. the BBL. Um, hey, just the one-day squad's been uh, released by Cricket Australia for, for the games in India, mm. and it is Finch, Kawaja, Marsh, Hanscom, Maxwell, Turner, Stoinis, Carey, Cummins, Kultanol, both Richardson, Jai and Kane. Berendorf, Lyon, Zampa. Darcy Shaw is going to cover Sean Marsh for the start of the tour. Like Sean um, will be, will get over there following the birth of his second child. Yeah. Uh, any surprises there? Um, and I'd still think there's a reasonable percentage of that group that are still trying to get themselves into a World Cup. Yeah, look, a few surprises. I thought there may have been a couple of changes, actually. I thought that maybe we might have seen the. Uh, I, I didn't think the Carey Finch experiment worked, so I think that uh, Darcy Short could have been a full inclusion actually. Well, surely, in. if he go, he has to open. Yeah, he has to open. So I don't know. So where will the Sean role... Marsh open? Or, well, or I, they, I, I, will I'm they bank sure. it to be Warner and Finch? Well, they are banking on Warner and Finch, but then what's the, where does your role come in for the wicketkeeper? Because I thought that the I thought Wade would be a better finisher than Carey down yeah. at six or seven. No, well, you're going to have to be a finisher, yeah. So he's going to have to work on being that 25 runs off 
10, 12 balls guy. But it's a bit late to be starting to work on that. We know that yeah. we know that Wade can actually do it and's done it in the past and done it successfully. So, you know, for Kerry, he's got about five five games to actually get it right. Or give the gloves to Peter Hanscom, you don't have to worry about yep. that conundrum. So that'd be my suggestion. Peter Hanscom, take the gloves, but at number three number three you can and get, get another power all rounder in. Short. There. Well you can yeah. play a turner. Yeah, you can Ashton play Ashton Turner. Turner, who I think should be picked anyway. So he's the because out of that group, I, I think he is the best. I mean, with sorry, with with Maxwell, um, twenty five off ten. Well, if you go they through that side, yeah, probably Stoinis. If you as go well. through that side, I think the best side probably would be Darcy Short and Finch at the top. Sean Marsh three, uh, Hanscom four, yeah, Maxwell five, Turner six, Stoinis seven, uh, and, you, and then you get into the bowlers, Cummings. You know, Coulter, Noel Richardson and uh, Adam Zampa. Yeah. The, the way they're talking, though, Maxwell's going to continue at seven. And um, I think there's times when Max is batting well, you want him facing more balls than the least amount of balls. But, you know, Hazelwood and Stark are, are not in there. Um, but, you know, I think batting's the main concern, working out their their mm. best batting list. That That's going to be the tough one. What are, I'm, I'm a bit concerned about Mitchell Stark. And Indian Stark, conditions actually. aren't going to really help us. In yeah. I'm a bit concerned about Mitchell Stark only because that 10 for was probably worth about six. <laughs> and uh, look, I'm, I'm nervous he hasn't played a lot of one-day cricket at all. He hasn't played this year. He's not going to play these games. So how are we going to get him into the one, into the World Cups? And just some highlights I saw the other night was uh, the build it up. That ball to Brendan McCullum in the 2015 final MCG, fast swinging in. Yeah. Um, you know, I think he might have been a player of the tournament, wasn't he, Mitchell Stark? Yeah, he was. You yeah. know, and we 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 want him at that level if we're going to defend this world. Well, Cup. how can you? I mean, it's going to be rusty. So how do you come into a tournament and perform at your best if you if you're actually rusty? We saw our bowling group having eight months off. Coming against India, India a fraction rusty, and you could see the performance that they were short of a gallop. So, I think Mitchell Stark needs to play as much one-day cricket or, or white ball cricket, even twenty twenties, before this World Cup. Yeah. So, what have they got? Maybe some games against Pakistan, then some games over in England. Um, we'll, we'll continue to talk about the, the one-day team, which was picked for the World Cup. Hey, mate, it's time for you know the oh, reason yes. why people aren't on social media. It's yep. uh, the Bradley Hodge. Social Media Self Promoter Award. Um, I'm really excited. We haven't done one yeah, for a I've couple of weeks. Yeah, I've had some time. Yeah, I've had some time to really uh, nut this out. And uh, look, I'm going to start. I'm going to start at the top, and it's a true performer in this area. Not Normo. No, no, it's not Normo. Normo's been off the beat actually lately. So I don't know what's happened to him, um, but he'll bounce back. You yes. know that once he doesn't get votes today, he'll bounce back. Yeah. But I'm going to start with Michael Clark. Oh, um, and the reason I say this is because I was up at Noosa while Michael Clark was there, and I was paying my full whack for my accommodation. Yeah. But I showed Michael happily having a good time with his family in uh, the Sofitel, so at Sofitel Noosa Pacific, uh, yep. you know, with no no other, just the tagging of the no. uh, the hotel. So um, well, yeah, just a sneaky little one. We know Parker. that, and then and then whilst he's there, it's also a happy birthday at Kylie Clark with a selfie photo. But why would you tag your missus in? She's already in the photo. It's a different world these days. Uh, I just wanted, only little ones for pup there. Just little, but yeah, he was active. Uh, these these two are really interesting. One was Yasprit Boomer. Um, it was just a selfie of his face. 
Was there a motivational message? Because sometimes there was a motivational yes. message for him. Um, that's fine. <laughs> uh, but the next one was Virat Kohli. It was a selfie with an emoji of the sunglasses, but it wasn't a selfie front on. So someone had actually actively taken the selfie side on. Okay. So it's a selfie, but not a selfie. So he's he's gone out of his well, it's way. It's like a semi. It's like a semi selfie. Semi selfie. Um, but he's gone out of his way to actually take a photo of himself and just with, with nothing. Nothing. Um, Maybe that's the new self-promotion yes. where you're actually not putting not, in yourself. Yes. So he's double cranking everyone. Yeah. He's not self-promoting, but he is. But I was on to Or is he just can't be bothered making a comment? This, yeah. this is me. Well, that shit doesn't get past me. I'm on to you. No, so I simple know that. As that. We know that. Um, Patif Patel was self-promoting that, this is the first uh, first day of camp for the season uh, at the RCB, hashtag uh, play bold. So it's a photo of him sitting on a treadmill. So he's actually doing actually stuff all. Yeah. Um, he's just self-promoting. Yeah. What yeah. I loved about it was the reply from Trent Woodhill. Yes. Who's the sacked coach. Oh, is he no longer no, there, No, he's Trent? sacked. He's finished. Oh, okay. So he went with uh, along with um, Dan Vittori and, and our friend Andrew McDonald. But he put in a crying emoji. So you're actually you, you, you're promoting yourself getting sacked, buddy. I don't get it. I missed that message, but I know what you're up to, mate. We know. People Patel don't... was on the tour. Yeah, the Indian you, tour, didn't he? Didn't play. You, game. You're done. You are absolutely done. Uh, this one's a beauty, and this was dobbed in by uh, Jacob Thompson, uh, and and you'll relate to this one, Flemo, because you're pretty good at this. And that's Jacques Callis. Oh no. Do yourself a favour and go out for a fitting with the new tailor-made M5 and M6. It's it is crazy long uh, at tailor-made uh, South Africa yeah. hashtag tailor-made. Do I get in trouble if blah, I back blah, that blah, up? Blah, blah, they yeah. are seriously tailor-made. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you. That's were... what we love. We we can, we we you know I cop votes for that. I cop. I votes thought for you that. were Callaway. Not tailor-made. Get that. We're, I'm editing that right now. Tailor-made. Okay, right. I will get tailor-made on there. Uh, well. Another one, um, if a little bit of self-promotion, was uh, Andre Russell. So he's just got a photo of himself sitting in his hotel, uh, just and it just says, hashtag self-love. I don't know if there's <laughs> any more self-promotion that can be done than that. I've never witnessed anything Not like that we're it. saying that self-love isn't nah, a good thing, but... Yeah. Uh, A.B. de Villiers, I have a new travel companion that makes me getting around the world much easier at Montblog underscore India, blah, blah, blah. Hashtag my 4810 trolley. So he's promoting a trolley. Yeah. But it just makes it so much easier. Unbelievable. Thanks, A.B. And Darren Sammy, who on multiple times was extremely active, but this one is a beauty. Um, enjoying the sun being out in London in winter, even if it's for two seconds. Leave if you approve this look. So leave a, a thumbs up yeah. if you approve this look. Hashtag men with style. Hashtag style. Hashtag men with class. Hashtag menswear. Hashtag GQ insider. Hashtag dapper. Hashtag men with street style. Hashtag fashion for men. Hashtag... Men's trend, hashtag look of the day, hashtag chocolate man, hashtag blah, That's 100 blah, blah. votes. <laughs> or do I cancel it because like it. he's taking um, the mickey? Or? Oh, mate. And the next one, wow. next one he actually messaged 
uh, tweet in if you know what I'm tweeting. Like, uh, who gives I don't a know shit, what that mate? Means. No one gives a rat's ass what you're doing in London. Anyway, there you are for the uh, oh, soap man. promoters this week, Flim. I uh, tell you, a lot of them I do love too. D Sammy, what a great man. <laughs> but um, but uh, I'm giving you eight votes because I reckon there was at least eight plugs. AB Davies, I mean, you're better than that. You're a superstar. You can pay for your own trolley. You can pay for someone to take your trolleys. Four <laughs> votes. Oh, Dre Russ, six. So I think Sammy and Russ are going up the charts mm. here. First one for Jack Callis, four votes. Taylor May, yep. Well Get done. with them if you don't have them. Okay. <laughs> so there's two votes for me. <laughs> um, pup, just a little subtle pup. Yep. Um, you know, Sneaky. I'm hoping there's a one day series against Australia that we might get some more uh, messaging no from Pup. No just collective three votes. One for Boomer. Motivational message. Coley, I'll give it a two. Mm. But this could be a, Can you keep on that? That could be a trend that they're that famous. They just do photos yep. with no message. And Patel, two votes. Yeah, no doubt. You're not fooling us. No. So that's the Social Media Self Promoter Award. Hey, Hodgie, that's it um, from us. It's been yep. a couple of weeks. It we'll has. get one out next week. Mm. Um, thanks to all the listeners. We're getting a lot of downloads um, on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, uh, Podbean. Thanks yep. for all that. Make sure you subscribe. We had 20 listens from Finland right. two days ago. So you know, we will keep you updated on in Finnish cricket. Any good players over there? Um, I'm looking at that as I go. They're playing Spain. Right. Who do you think the favourites in the next couple of they beat? They're in Division 4. They beat Spain right. in the World Cup qualifiers. Okay. But uh, Finland at home, you know, they're always a tough prospect. Oh, tough. Is that played on synthetic or turf? <laughs> I think it's on ice. Have I got that wrong? But um, all I remember from Finland was one of my favourite uh, hard rock bands, Hanoi Rocks right. from Finland. But okay. um, that's about it. But we'll give you an update on that. Well, can you go over for it? Yeah, I'll go over. Finland versus right. Spain. I can do that. Game. Um, and for now, good luck to all the BBL teams, and we'll be back next week. Well done, Hodgie. See you, Flint. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.